You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. Good morning. I'm Chris DeLambert, Brandon Atkins, Professor Trent Nichols, and Robert Bricky all here sitting with me, expounding upon everything that's important in the world. I am so glad to have you guys back. Brandon and I last week were sitting in here and it was nothing but awkward silence the whole day. Except that it wasn't. It was actually kind of cool. And I don't know if we hadn't been forced into that situation if we would have done it and like, let's kick those guys out of here for a week. But uh, did you guys listen to the show? I did. Did you? What did you think? Not good. Oh, he hated it. No, it was good. Right. I mean, it. you guys, uh, I'm going to try to get into a bad mood here to bring back the grumpy side. I, but You, you know. did listen to the show then. Yeah. Yes. The grumpy, yes, yes, yes. grumpy Trent. And, and we kind of went into it like that and said, well, when all else fails, we'll just make fun of Trent since he's not here to defend himself. Well, I was trying to correct you where you were saying Buster Posey hit two home runs to win the game, one nothing. It was panic. Sorry. Oh, my bad. You were wrong. See, I wasn't planning on talking about any baseball. At oh, least yeah. he at least he didn't say Buster only. <laughs> you know, that would Buster been only hit Buster right. Right. would have been a big Buster deal. only struck out less than Stanton did over the weekend, so. Talk to me. I want you, Trent. I want to give you a couple minutes. Talk to me about Otani. Is this is this for real? Okay. So, here's the deal. Spring training obviously means nothing because the media was saying that Otani needs to go to the minor leagues after spring training. No, this is for real. Now, the problem that I'm wondering two years, three years down the line, is he just going to be this amazing pitcher? He has right now the third highest fastball velocity rate in the major leagues. His splitter is unhittable. He's struck out 19 guys so far with that splitter. Nobody's been able to touch it. And then his power is for real. Now, is he going to hit 50 home runs? No. But this guy is 23 years old, and we could be seeing something that we've never experienced since Babe Ruth. Didn't he just get walked with the bases loaded the other day? He did. Okay, and now here, funny story on that. So the athletics... You have the guy uh, 2-0, right? And normally you're going to burn in a fastball there. They chose the respect they have for his power. The guy bounced a curveball at the plate. So instead of burning in saying, oh, here's this rookie. Let's see what he can do. Can he hit the fastball? No. Threw him a curveball. They walked him. Walked in a run because of his power. That's what people do to me. Too. So, they walk in runs when I'm at the plate. I want to ask. Yeah. I, I want to. I want to add something to what you were talking about, though. The third highest fastball velocity in the majors. To the casual fan, that doesn't mean as much as it probably should. 
Mm-hmm. Because we're in an era right now, you know, remember when we were kids, Nolan Ryan hit 100 miles an hour on the gun, and he was the only one for years and years and years and years and years. He was the gold standard as Never applied to fastball. It. Yeah. And we kind of, I think, I don't know that it was a conversation that we had, but kind of topped out and said, well, that's as hard as anybody's going to throw a baseball. Then you move and fast forward to five or six years ago, You've got Aroldis Chapman and guys like these guys that are that are hitting 103, 104 all the time. But all those guys are relievers who can come in and throw 12 or 15 pitches in an inning, let it all hang out, and go full on and do that. But we haven't seen this kind of velocity from a starter. This Be able is to nasty. maintain it. Yeah. I mean, even yesterday when he lost his uh, perfect game in the seventh inning, I mean, he was missing pitches but they were still 99 miles an hour. And Mike Trout says, you look at this guy and you see him in the batting cage and he's launching these home runs with the power. And then you got to sit back and remember, oh yeah, and he can throw over 100 miles an hour. All he needs to do now is punch Robin Ventura in the face. <laughs> Dude. And he's in the same conversation with Nolan Ryan. <laughs> I've, I'm, I'm throw. all for it, man. Yeah. <laughs> can this guy play shortstop? Yeah. Oh, Can see, he go but, scoop it up? So, I mean, you look at it, you get a day off, you pitch a game, you get a day off, you go in for three days, and you're a designated hitter. You hit three home runs in a row. You get another day off, you go in there, you have a perfect game until the sixth inning. The last time a starting pitcher had three home runs and two wins was 1918, I believe. A gentleman named Shaw did it. I mean, he's the only stats you can compare him to is Babe Ruth, Right now, he has more home runs than Aaron Judge and more strikeouts than Scherzer. Enough said. It's wow. Been two starts. Now, to be fair, you see rookie pitchers who come out and have got stuff nobody's ever seen before. We need to see this guy get through the league a time or two and see how the adjustments are made. And then anytime you're talking about a guy with that much velocity – the ability to hold up is the question, especially that splitter. Well, how many how many pitches does he have right now? He has them all. He's and got he's every still learning, one? and that's the problem, and that's the thing. Because of how much he can change his curveball and his changeup, when he has that fastball, it only leads me to believe that he can maintain this. He is an elite pitcher. The thing that I don't know is down the road how much he'll end up being a batter because – You know, right now it's kind of a novelty. They're going to figure him out when they're pitching to him. His numbers are going to go down a little bit. There's going to be guys that are being able to produce more and hit better. Um, But he is an elite pitcher, and he's only figuring it out, and he's 23. Well, and the question with regard to, to his offense is where's the tipping point as to his value as a batter? How many wins versus replacement do you need to get out of him to take away days from preparation? Because it's a process. Mm-hmm. You know, being a, a pitcher, those guys aren't asleep for four days and then you roll them out <laughs> on the mothballs and, and trot them out there. They've got to throw on the side. They've got to rest their arm. They've got to do the rest of that. So the question, it will sort itself out as to how effective he's going to be and, and whether or not it's worth it. But then the other, the other part of that is the question – as to how much he has to play offense to stay happy. Mm-hmm. You know, he he cost himself a lot of money 
coming to the United States when he did. There was a lot of money left on the table, and one of the reasons is because he wanted to star on the biggest stage in the world on both sides of the plate or both sides of the field, and there's a, a sort of built-in obligation from the Angels to make that happen. Yeah, That was part of his decision-making process. Now, offensively, we've seen guys, and we can we will continue to see guys like Bryce Harper come up when he's 19, 20 years old. All this professional experience for Otani in Japan, really at 23 as a pitcher, puts him right on track with the frontline starters in baseball as to when they come through the system if they're coming through as young guys. Mm -hmm. You know, most of your best college arms come out at 21 or so, spend a year or two in the minors, and then they're up there. Um, So Otani is not like uh, Ichiro where he came in and he was, you know, late 20s by the time he made it. Now, you know, Ichiro's got 3,000 hits. But but if you take him back and reset him, give him those extra five or six years, and he's – Pushing Pete he Rose. Was, he was like a slap hitter, though. You know, he yeah, was just yeah. barely putting it over the infield. And let me explain some uh, explain something to Robert. This is how these baseball discussions work. You every once in a while, you poke your head in there and ask some vague question, <laughs> and le- just let them go. Because I've, got, went, I've got the great question. Okay, go for it. How does he get paid? Usually, you pay a pitcher and a non-pitcher. He's doing both. Does he make twice the money? See, that's what I like about Robert is it always comes back to the dollars. <laughs> yes. Always. I mean, that's a great he, – he's working every day on either batting or pitching, and nobody else has to do that. Nobody in the league. Well, and there have been a couple of guys here over the last few years that you can think back to. Micah Owings is one that, that jumps into my head that were available as pinch hitters and kind of saved a roster spot for their team. But there hasn't been anybody. Can can you think of anybody that even on a part-time basis has played as a as a regular in the lineup on offense and also pitched? Trent, no. you're shaking no. your head. Well, how, I can't think of anybody. Not I know that people have come. There's been some guys that have come in late in games and given an inning or two. Yeah, but it's it's. You know, it's, well, it's a blowout as, game. It's like yeah. 15 innings. You bring in your second baseman, and he whips a few. But no, not on a regular basis. That's what I'm saying. Babe Ruth. Well, and even, Babe Ruth is the only one. An even better question to springboard off of Robert: Does he get paid in dollars or yen, or a mixture of both? That's a he good gets question. paid five hundred and forty-five. Wait, five hundred forty-five thousand dollars. That's what he's making. Is that year, it this year? He yep. had to leave because of the way free agency is structured in the major leagues. He left a lot of money on the table. Well, they, a lot of they paid a lot of money, too, to get him. Right. They did, they but that wasn't bill, to but him. But it's not nothing. No, it's not to him. His salary is 545 okay, Yeah, but so he keeps – go ahead, Rob. Endorsements will kick in here soon. Of course. Yeah. And so he'll make a ton on that. And then when will he have a chance to sign a new deal? Five years of control with the big club is well, when he really gets paid. He'll be arbitration eligible in three years. I think it's three years. Yes. And, and he's still you know, got to be killing it with endorsements back in Japan. Oh, oh without yeah. a doubt. I mean, this is, don't, don't, he's not doing this altruistically, but he recognized and his camp recognized, and I'm sure part of it was, you know, ego. Another part of it was, 
how's the what, what's the best way to become the biggest star in Japan other than being the best player in Japanese baseball? Well, be the best Japanese player in the major leagues, and you can write your own check. Go to L.A., go to Seattle. Look at the stands at the Angels right now. I felt bad the game before all the people with their Otani jerseys on, you know, the, the Japanese fans and all that that were there when he was off. <laughs> I was hoping he would DH has so it, at least I get to see their, their guy it, hit. Has it reached a level that um, Ichiro, the, the, the craze when he came into the league, has it reached that level? I think there's a huge excitement. And after this week, I think it's going to be mayhem. Yes, absolutely. When he, after he hit two home runs back to back in two di- in two days in a row, it it changed everyone. Right. I mean, you look on Twitter right now, and all the writers, their headline is, "I'm sorry, I was wrong." <laughs> <laughs> That's so, something you don't hear up in nope. here very often. So even Buster Only was like, "Listen, you know, they were all saying he should go to the minors. He's not ready. That's not the case." This guy is the real deal. And before, Chris called him out last year on the show, said, watch Otani. This guy I don't remember is that. coming. I don't remember I, that I specifically at all. I remember he it. said it, he'd remember it. And you know you. why? You know <laughs> why, being the fantasy baseball nerd that I am, I always I took a little file on it, and what scared me away was his performance in the uh, spring. Uh, spring training. Yeah. And now I'm like, what a moron. I could have had him. I could have had both of them. Three times before he got drafted. See? You gotta if listen you to listen, Chris. All you gotta do is act on what I tell you to do. Unless <laughs> do we're the talking opposite. about college basketball. <laughs> and then you need to stay the hell away. Hey, I bet the house Steer on clear. I bet the house on Malik Monk because you picked him this being one of the, listen, the elite players I in missed, the NBA. I fanned on Malik, but hey. I never now now see that's taking some liberties right there. <laughs> Chris took the Indiana Pacers, so he's got the NBA cred in my book. I oh. took the Miami Heat to make the playoffs, which you guys looked at me a little cross eyed, and he took the Pacers as the surprise one. See so. that's that's what you, that, that it's not the baseball insight. It's not the grumpiness. It's not the fact that he voices our, our bumpers. It's the fact that you actually remember what we've said because we just be talking. <laughs> All right, you're listening from the Cheap Teeth. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. Krista Lambert, Brandon Atkins, two American patriots trying to make sports talk radio great again. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back. We're off to a fast start this morning. Trent, where are you going to be April 28th, 10 a.m.? I am going to be at... I'm going to be playing dodgeball. Cool. Yes. Cool. Have you got uh, somebody bringing the food over for us? Are you going to like load it up into the trunk of your car? Oh no, we're going to uh, we're going to make the grand entrance as a team with the food. I was, see, I was hoping it would be delivered by drone. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't care what it is. 
something has to be delivered to my home by drone very soon. I don't even care what it is. Did uh, Bezos ever pull that off? This drone delivery with the- oh, it's it's happening in limited markets. The oh, problem yeah. is it's like an it's like an FAA thing. Okay, with you know privacy and all the rest of this stuff, and you know I guess they don't want it to run into somebody's plane. I don't know what's that going could be on. a problem. So, yeah, especially if I ordered beer. Like I mean, dude, when, I'm gonna when? tell you what. When somebody figures out how to drone beer. <laughs> It's over. Sue the house. It's over. It's over. Amazon. Oh, they'll do it. I, I mean, they have the they have the technology now, and like I said, they're doing it in some parts of the country. I just I don't care what it is gets delivered to my house by drone. It just has to be something. Dude, go on a beer app, order the beer. A drone flies over your backyard and it parachutes down right right to you on your lounge chair while you're. Standing in your garage grilling with Robert Bricky. Now, go. how are you going to parachute it into my hand inside my garage? No, no, no. You're going to be in this I chair. Want, <laughs> I want the drone to have a built-in <laughs> bottle opener and open my beer and hand it to me as I'm grilling some pork chops that were droned to me earlier that day. See, I don't even need that. Brandon his knows. drone wife is going to be in the kitchen cleaning Brandon, the floor. Brandon Hello, knows honey. that my superpower is to drink beer as quickly as it's poured. So I don't even need the parachute. I can just have the drone tip the beer and pour it right into my mouth. I will say one of the funniest things that's ever happened is I bring beer on the golf cart, and this dude, they got hot. (laughs) I mean, almost boiling hot. And this dude tried to play tough guy and swigged. I've never seen... A grimace on his face after he swilled this hot beer, and he was trying to hold it in. He did not want to show that he was in immense pain, but it was clear that he regretted that immediately. We have we have first of all party foul. How do you allow beer to get hot on a golf course? This dude comes packed for bear when we go out on the golf course, and I don't even remember. I don't even remember where we were playing. Probably Carolina Lakes when that happened. Yeah, probably. And there was a lot of beer. In he the used cart. to um, he used to say that I had the magic cooler because yes. I would have a cooler. Oh, it was magical. That would be in the back of my truck, and he'd be like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I don't know." I'd open up the back and hand him a beer. So I mean, I came fully loaded every time we were playing. But anyway, and that cooler needs to find its way back into the back of the truck because I've never seen him fill the cooler. Right. Not ice, not beer, or whatever. But anytime he shows up anywhere, the cooler's there, and there's it's beer. Like, in it. And it's, it's like the bread and w- the bread and wine. It just <laughs> open open the lid, and there's beer in there. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Robert, what'd you get into this weekend? Well, since it rained, I grilled out <laughs> from the garage. And, uh, from the garage, I uh, uh, grilled steaks and wings. And so I cooked on set. I saw uh, Acrimony. Oh, I bet that was awesome. It was pretty good. And then I went to see. Come, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. You didn't see Acrimony of your own accord. That was not your decision. No man does. Okay, I want to be 100% clear on that. (laughs) Bridget asked to go. We went Friday. Then we went to see Death Wish with Bruce Willis yesterday. So if you had oh, to uh, go see one or the other again, which which is it? Death Wish. Death Wish. I love it. Was was the Death Wish viewing to purge the... No. Acrimony was pretty good. Okay. I, no, seriously. I've, I got four recommendations from my male friends who all got dragged 
by their better halves. <laughs> but they all said it was pretty good, and I'll agree. Was it as good as fried green tomatoes? I never saw that one. <laughs> I okay. thought that was definitely coming up on the list. Now, we're, I swear we're going to get back to sports in a minute, but I have to give a shout-out to the coolest thing I've seen lately. Now, Brandon and I have been particularly busy here for the last couple weeks with this new project. Sunday, I said I'm not doing anything. I actually sung it to myself. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> doing nothing today. And I asked my wife. My wife is queen of bad TV. That's what she does. That's her hobby. You know, I'm always trying to find things to do. I'm barely ever at the house, whatever. She's like, I'm cool. Come on back whenever you the, want to. The funniest, I'm going to be watching TV. The funniest part, though, is one of her, her favorite shows <laughs> are about how wives kill their husbands. Wow. That is a fact. Oh, the I ID like channel. That's thing. Huh? Is the that uh, Snapped? Oh, there's like seven of them, yeah, but Snapped yeah. is, is on one her list. Them, yeah. Yeah, she's channel. seen all of them. Yeah. If there's more than one show about that, that Ooh. means there's a market, which makes me a little oh, nervous. It's its own industry. And yes, she is a black widow in waiting. She has seen every one of those. She can tell you about 90 seconds into the episode whether the woman's going to get away with it or not. Right. And she can critique the plan as to how it was executed, what they do with the body, all the rest of that. My she's, wife is going to kill me one day. She's like, hey. Have you ever met her ex-husband? <laughs> See there? She's like, hey, hey, honey. Keep he the, mysteriously vanished. Yes. Keep the family gun underneath your pillow. Right. Keep it That's safe. That's one of her favorites is the one where the lady twice talks men into keeping the gun uh, under their pillow. That was in Durham. See? Yeah, they actually... That was like the Black Widow or something like that. Did I think every sure, every town's got somebody yeah. they call the Black Widow. I think they tried. I know you're trying to get to a point. I think they came here to try that case. One of those cases oh, was, really? was tried here, and they had to split, and they ended up um, having the trial in Pittsburgh. <laughs> wow. I believe that that is a true story. All right. The show that you have to watch is called Wild Wild Country. Is anybody familiar with this? Son, no. I live that life. Ah. Wild Wild Country. I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna spoil it. Turn it on, and I'm here I'm here to tell you that halfway through the first episode, I was on Google verifying that I wasn't getting punked and that this wasn't a fictional story that was made up to look like it was a real thing. Why, Six why, episodes, they're about an hour apiece. Is it a show? It's a documentary, and it is absolutely bananas. Wild Wild, wild, wild Country. It's on it Netflix. Sounds, it sounds like a lemon lime soda. It's about, wild Wild Country. It's about a like religious, I don't know if you call them a cult, a sect, whatever, that goes out to Oregon and takes over a city. And I don't know how. It happened in the early 80s, and I don't know how I'm not conscious of it and aware. My wife and I both. Was it an Indian group? No. Okay. No. Are you talking about Indian like Native Americans? No, no. As in. Yes. Indy. Yes. Uh, Bhagwan. Yes. I I know the story. I haven't seen the documentary. And it may be because you're just a couple years older than me because my wife and I are the same age, and we're like, how were we not aware of this? I saw it on another episode of some. It was a. It was just a story about, didn't they do, uh, they tried to poison the people? With they the, did. Yeah. Uh, they tried was, to poison is, the whole town. Wild, yeah. I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. Wild, wild country, Netflix. I'm not getting any kind of kickback from that. You have to watch this. It's must-see TV. I'm telling you, it's awesome. Now, 
Maybe they thought they were still in India and just took a wrong turn. Oh, no, it's, in- there, there's, it's almost, when you look at it, I don't think there could have been any other context where I was like, man, those are evil people for trying to poison the, the citizens. But I'm almost like, hmm, this is justified. It's a trip. you got to watch it. And there's there's quite, you know, what happened, what didn't. But I'm telling you, watch Wild Wild Country. Get back to me on that. We, at some point here moving forward, are going to figure out how many T-shirts we owe. So we'll we'll sort that out. I know most of them. But in the short term, we got to talk about some NBA playoffs. Um, I apologize to the world because I have complained more than anybody about who has been on TV on ESPN and TNT all year. And I have fussed about the fact that the 76ers were on TV so much during the first half of the season, and I thought they were a fringe playoff team. I'm telling you right now as we sit here today, Philly's going to win the East. Robert Bricky. Wait, wow. You, you caught me off guard with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say – Cleveland will not win the East, but I will not go as far as to say Philly's going to win the East. Well, my question to you would be, if Philly's not going to win the East and Cleveland's not going to win the East, would you got Toronto? Because it's it's not going to be Boston. Yeah. Will uh, Haywood be back for the playoffs? No. No. Nor will Kyrie. No. Boston's Okay, so Boston's out. Toronto – just doesn't show up every year. I don't know what their deal is when the playoffs. Uh, they, they just zone out mentally, and they have lapses in play. And it's weird how they implode during the playoffs. So, but after the first game, when Kyle Lowry doesn't take a poo, and they don't implode, their confidence is going to skyrocket, and I think that will propel them. At least to win the series, I, man, I'm almost on Chris's thing. After I mean, and then you get Embiid back. How long is he out? It's he's day coming to day. back. Oh. Day to day. He's he's doing non-contact drills so now. He's gonna have a face mask. He'll have a face yes. mask. They're projecting him back the latest, the second game of the series in the playoffs. Listen, okay. I'll tell you, LeBron's going to trade himself to Philly before <laughs> the season's over. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. And I'm gonna I'm here to tell you this too is the rumors, everything swirling around LeBron right now. And I got folks in Philly, we called this, and when I say we, I mean me, <laughs> about eight months ago and said Philly was the can fit. We, can you verify that? No, no, he did. Boom. And I, I, I thought get, he was I, nuts. Brandon's been on a roll. I was right. still on the Laker train then, but I'm way off that train. But for now, Cleveland is the biggest enigma, I think, in the first round or in the, the Eastern Conference playoffs – but I'm looking at Philly, and I just don't know who's going to beat them. So, but here's my deal with Cleveland, because I don't know who's going to beat Philly either. If Cleveland gets back into the spot where they have to play Miami, it might be one and done. Well, we'll know Cleveland. here in a day or two. Yes. And the team that I don't want to see if I'm Cleveland is Milwaukee. But we're going right. to go matchup well, by matchup as it sits, okay. and it's an evolving thing. There's a little bit of work to do. We'll talk about it a little bit more on the other side. Thanks for hanging out with us from the cheap seats. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Imagine if I told you that an earthquake was going to hit tomorrow right where you live. 
that it would be 6.5 in magnitude with aftershocks occurring twice 25 minutes apart. You'd no doubt talk with your loved ones, and you'd make a plan today. It's true, I can't tell you an earthquake will happen tomorrow. But what if it does? Shouldn't you have a plan? Go to ready.gov communicate and make your emergency plan today. Don't wait. Communicate. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. When it comes to saving money, don't act like a baby. Goo goo gaga. Be the boss and make a budget. I'm the boss, baby. You're the boss of me. I am the boss of you. Or not. M2. Or not. M2. Need a little help? Aren't you going to do any work? I'm very busy delegating. Create a personalized savings plan. We can share. You obviously didn't go to business school. And get other tools and tips at feedthepig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. And now... From Sanford, North Carolina, Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. Got money, I got fame, fast cars and everything. Yeah. All right, welcome back from the Cheap Seats, Dave. Diamond yes, Dave Kaplan has joined us in studio, so we fully. Fully, fully staffed right now at this point. And since Dave is here, that means Masters coverage is coming. And did anybody see Sunday before the telecast started on CBS the tribute to Fred Couples? I did not, but he's my favorite golfer. Okay, so I you should go back and watch because I'm not going to lie. This is a real thing that really happened. I was watching this, and it was about probably – 15 minutes in, so I probably caught halfway through. And I had to Google Fred Couples to make sure nothing had happened to him. (laughs) Because I thought he had died. The way they were going on about this guy, and they're talking to his contemporaries, and they're like, what would you say to Fred if he was here right now? I'm like, wait a minute. I know Fred started the tournament, but did I miss something overnight? And I really thought. It didn't end well. I I thought that something had happened to Fred Couples. He made the cut. It's actually a remarkable story. Did you look at Did you see him play at all? He's wearing a back brace. Yes. He's lost like 30 pounds. He looks awful. And and he can barely walk. And he made the freaking cut at 58 years old and shot three over on the tournament. I mean, it's really an amazing story. I know there's a big story about Tony Finau. Like, that was disgusting. Did, you, did y'all see that? Yeah, seven, was it seven straight birdies or six? Oh, no, that was awesome. But on uh, Wednesday. The day before. Yeah, on Wednesday, he hits a hole-in-one in the par three competition. <laughs> He's running backwards oh, down the hill, that. like yes. celebrating. Oh, ah. Twist his ankle. Oh. It literally is folded under. Oh, my and God. And he reaches down there and pops it back in. And then shoots a 68 on Thursday. Th- Brandon, did oh, you not see it? Stuff. 
Did you see that? I just threw up in my mouth a lot. Dude, it is. I can't it stand. Is, you need to Google that right It now. is unbelievable. Uh-huh. It's like the Martin Gramatica. Remember when he kicked the yeah. field goal years ago and jumped up in the air and then blew his knee out? It's akin to that. But the fact that he just reaches down with one hand and pops his ankle back into place. Like nothing. Ah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, and it then he tees off yeah. at like I, I 9 a.m. on Thursday and shoots a, a 68. Of weeks. God, yeah, it's like, crazy. I mean, it was not pretty. And yeah. you know, if if you see an NBA guy do the same thing, he'd be out four to six weeks. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And well, finished the Masters, had a chance to make Masters history. Right, he birdied six in a row, and he had a chance to go seven in a row on Sunday, which would have made Masters history. He so. is my favorite golfer. It Ooh. was a pretty cool story. Yeah, I mean, it really was. So was we'll get the story. we'll get the actual final results from the Masters pool that we played, but I'm trying to figure out before we get into that at all how you failed so miserably, Diamond Dave, <laughs> to have Patrick Reed in our pool at all. Well, I think it sums up Patrick Reed as a whole. He's kind of always been this overlooked golfer. Tremendous history on this guy. You know, he went to Georgia, so he was. If if you go to the University of Georgia, Georgia to play golf, Georgia. you're you're an excellent golfer. I mean, that's one of the best golf programs in the country. However, he didn't make it but a year. He got kicked off the team. He says due to alcohol issues, the players uh, on the team accused him of cheating a few times. There was a lot. He's hanging out with John Daly. Yeah, maybe he <laughs> might have been hanging. Wait out a minute, with the cheating on the golf course. He just rose up my board. About 10 notches. <laughs> right. My kind of guy. Well, it, basically, <laughs> the way I look at it, he's kind of like Arnold Palmer, but without the charisma and without the likability. <laughs> I was going to say, he's <laughs> no, the opposite what? of Arnold Palmer because nobody likes him. <laughs> well, he's kind of like him from a blue-collar standpoint. Without he, the charisma. Yeah. Every, nobody <laughs> likes him. What? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I tell you, great who does analogy, like Diamond Dave. Well, you no, know, he's, he's blue collar. I, I envisioned him coming into uh, Athens, Georgia, and here's all these, you know, white collar guys on the golf team. They've been playing golf their whole life. Uh, you know, their, their parents are stockbrokers and lawyers and doctors, and he comes from this, you know, middle class type family, and he's the workhorse, and he's just kind of blackballed from day one. I think that led to his behavior issues. And as a result, he gets kicked off the team, goes to Augusta State, and has become the dominant American team player. I mean, he is. He's the dominant player for the U.S. team right now on any team player. He won two national championships with Augusta State University. It's not a big university. They have a decent golf program. Maybe that's all they do. Maybe they don't even teach anybody. I don't know. But they have a a great golf program now. He won back-to-back. National championships. He was six and zero in NCAA match play. Okay, I just want to make one observation. So Augusta State, you know, we know everything that's that's all the the um, sort of conjecture about Augusta and how exclusive the club is. You've got Augusta State that is very close to there, and I'm thinking that yes, Augusta State may just play golf. <laughs> And if they take care of their golfers, I bet, I'm willing to bet that the classes that they lace them with is not African-American studies. Do you think it's at all possible that they just have, like, white American studies and that's the program that they put their golfers in? Uh, it might be. Is that possible? I think they have a correspondence program through the University of North Carolina. 
Kelly. It's called it's called Wild Wild Country One Hundred One. But wild, it, wild it's country. funny though that what you came back to with Patrick Reed was that he's the blue collar guy because I'm envisioning Patrick Reed as Happy Gilmore. And if he's Happy Gilmore, Rory McIlroy is Shooter McGavin. This dude played Saturday with a popped collar. Oh, he does. What yeah. is that? He comes hey. out, and I'm telling you, I knew watching Rory Mc, Rory McIlroy come out. This was his tournament to win. Oh yeah. And he came out, and he had his pimp walk going. He had the he pop does. collar going, and he was you couldn't you couldn't touch him. And I, then this dude gets on every green on Sunday and misses the same putt seven times. He missed it to the right every time. But did you? He missed everything to the right off the first tee. He hits it over I, the scoreboard. <laughs> I, I was just telling Robert and Brandon in the break that thing is fifty yards off the center of the fairway, hundred and fifty yards off the tee box, and he hits it over top of it. It had to be ninety to hundred. I mean, you would have had a full wedge to get back to the center of the fairway from where he hit that first drive. Somehow they found it. He made a remarkable par, and I was like, okay, well, maybe that'll kind of settle him down. But, nah, he was all over the map the whole day. But, see, it's funny that you say that, that somehow they found it, because as soon as it happened, the entire gallery started walking over there to look for it. And I'm here to tell you that that if I had an entire gallery to go find my shots that got blocked out to the right like that, I'd shoot 15 Uh. strokes better every time out. (laughs) Because that shot, if you're playing a muni, well, go ahead and hit another one. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes <laughs> a, it takes a village to find Chris's shot. That's sometimes. it. That shot on a municipal course is back at the doggone the the maintenance shop. That's over or there in somebody's pool. That's a uh, that's a Dollar General shot. It's over yeah. there in the yes. Dollar General parking lot. Oh, so yeah. that yeah, is that. Right. Those are the times the when I look at these guys and I'm like, yeah, see, that's why these scores are a little fake. But then there's sometimes you just can't hide, right? Well, I wonder and Robert, how many times... you had a theory as to what exactly was going on in Sergio's head <coughs> as he shot a 13. And I want to say that like three more times just because I love saying it. He shot a 13, five balls into the water, and I'm, I was even. This is the first time this happened to me in a long time where I watched somebody do something in a major championship, and I was like, man, even I haven't hit five balls. I haven't even done that. Yeah. Any, any well, time the crazy thing is a few of those shots appeared to be pretty good shots. Oh, yeah, they did. And it was just the way that he couldn't get it past the hole. He had to land it past the hole, and he kept landing about After the After three, I would have launched it over. Right. Just I mean, I wouldn't there, yeah. have gotten a 13, I'll be honest with you. And I'm yeah. not. You, you know what he said. He said, I hit it into water. 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 I hit it over the water. <laughs> I make 13. Do you think that was the last ball in his bag? It might have been. <laughs> like well, that's what they were saying on the telecast. They were like, we normally only keep six balls in our uh, in our yeah, bag. I sweet. don't know what he's going to do. He it reminded me of the guy on the British Open, but that was the final round. John like Vandeveld. The, yes. Yeah, John Vandeveld. Yeah. And you're just like, dude, stop. What's this? Do it. Was his caddy? Was his caddy? His tin cup, man. Was, his caddy was Cheech. <laughs> and said, this is your last ball. You Robert, you he have a theory. Gone, uh, like, fake the hamstring injury. You know, just, <laughs> he should have popped like his that. ankle out. Yeah, yeah he should have. That, that would have been it. He should have gone to Usain Bolt. 
when he knew he was going to lose his hamstring all of a sudden. Yes, yeah, it's amazing right. how that works. But you have a theory as to what exactly went went down with Sergio Garcia. Sergio had a party in mind. Oh, I yeah. go play. I, hit, I make a 13. I've got a couple days to kick it in Georgia. I've got things lined up already. got his assistant doing some party planning. He's, he yeah, had a plan. He just had a baby. This is the first weekend he was away from the oh. baby. Hell yeah, he had a party yeah, lined up. He had a party yes. lined up. I get to sleep in. Plus, he I don't looks, have to get up with the baby. He, he, he looks, I've got to give out the green jacket on Sunday. Yes. He looks really good to have had a baby that recently. <laughs> but what happens if you win back-to-back, Masters Dave? Do you put the green jacket on yourself? How does that work? I don't know. That's a good question. You should double up, man, yeah. and just put your That's green right. jacket on I, I don't over know the they, other green jacket. If they would have brought Danny Willett back out to put the jacket on him again, I don't even think Danny Willett was there. No, nah, he had to be there. You're the you only what, person th- at this table that has any idea who Danny Willett is. He won in 2016. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Got it. No, the, it's amazing how the green jacket saves it because that house trophy that they have for the Masters <laughs> is the worst-looking thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, Dude, you got to be, be be really, really careful being critical about about Augusta National. You mess around, you messing with some Jim Calhouns there, buddy. Yeah. You well, mess around, funny. get your knees broken going on the air it's talking funny. trash I, about the, about the the Masters. I was down there for business a few years ago, and I was getting gas, and I, I said, I think I'll just stop by Augusta, yeah. like, and they're all looking at me like, <laughs> are you out of your mind? And so I did. I just drove by Augusta. You can't see anything. Like, no. there's nothing. Well, well it's, it's, it's got crazy laser where the, sights hitting the side of your car. And what's that red yeah. dot? What's going on? It's cra- it's crazy where the course is located. I mean, it's, it's literally off like it's off the highway. Yeah. Well, not even a highway. It's, it's just off the uh, uh, like a Horner Boulevard here in Sanford or Bragg Boulevard in, in Fayetteville. I mean, it's and then all of a sudden it, it's a wall of magnolias yes. and and then you get behind it and you don't know where you are. I mean, you're not in the commercial district of – and Augusta, Georgia is a decent town. It's got some nice areas, but it's not that nice of a town. It it's is not like a Pinehurst. of James Brown. Well, that's true. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, we were, talking about, we were talking about this weekend, and Patrick Reed tried to single-handedly ruin Masters ratings for the weekend. Not that anybody at Augusta cares. Oh, but yeah. CBS, yeah. I'm sure, was in full-blown panic mode – Jordan Spieth saved this particular oh, yeah. Masters, but it's funny he saved the Masters. But three years from now, nobody's going to remember what happened. Well, yeah. I thought the the leaderboard saved this Masters because the it leaderboard tried. was straight fire. It it was. And David, you were saying that he didn't get any pressure on moving day. Uh, Rory tied him at uh, tied him at nine under. And he responded. I thought he right. did get some pressure. Yeah, but Sunday pressure is different than Saturday pressure. And I think Rory, who kept saying the pressure's not on me, it's it's on Reed. I think he talked himself into Grand Slam pressure because that would have completed the Grand Slam for Rory. Yep. That's a pressure that not many people know. You know, oh, I've got the other three. This is my chance to get the four. I get him at Denny's all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know who didn't save? How the do you Masters? order the eggs? That's the pressure on that. Dave, who, who you didn't know who save? Didn't save the Masters. Who's that? Tiger Woods. Dude, How Tiger just that? showing up. We're, yeah, Tiger just showing up is is a is a bump. Did he get back to even? He did, and then he bogeyed the last hole. There you go, three putted it. Hey, give him another year. Tiger will be back. You're listening to from the cheap seats. We'll see you on the other side.
Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins always help me with my draft picks, but I sure wish they would stop hanging out with Zeke Elliott. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. But if you really want to know what's going on, Professor Trent, they should listen to you and me, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We've got a better grasp on sports, I think. It's astute analysis. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Greta Zanstra bringing us in there. She's about the only person in Sanford's not here in studio with us. Um, shout out to DJ Schlepprock, who actually showed up on time, um, which is kind of amazing. And I love that he shows up on time and we're in here and we're talking accustomed to starting half an hour late. And he shows up right on time. Let's go. Oh, sure. Yeah, we'll go. Um, so, if you want to hang out with us, libations Wednesday night, every Wednesday from 6 to 8, we do libations. Libations, purveyors of fine wine and craft beers. Come on out and play trivia. Um, and I'm going to do something a little bit different. Because the podcast version of this show doesn't go up until Tuesday night or Wednesday. And I've gotten people that are fussing. And they're like, hey, I'm at work on Wednesday. I don't have time to listen to the whole show So I'm going to tease two weeks' worth of categories. Two weeks' worth of categories. This week, we are going to do a Harry Potter round, only because I'm tired of hearing about it. I am going to, and I'm not going to lie, I know nothing about Harry Potter. So 95% of the categories, people are like, well, where do they come from? Well, they kind of come out of my head. And I may have to go validate something or look it up or whatever. Give Harry me, Potter, I got to go find an expert or go jack something from online because I don't know anything about that mess. Give so, me uh, Patronus for a thousand, please. Yeah, exactly. What is that guy's name? I can't pronounce. I can't Dumbledore. say that guy's name. I'm not allowed to. Wait, I, I can't pronounce his name. <laughs> I don't know, but I we will do a it. Harry Potter category because I'm tired of it being requested. This will not be the first time. So we're going to do Harry Potter. And next week. We're going to do baseball nicknames. Baseball nicknames. Hmm. You're looking at me. You're peering at me, Trent. You're like, who can I get to come out with me and play? Because I got that pegged. Is it based on the players' nicknames? Look, you get the tease. You're not Uh. getting anything more than that. But come on out. We do six rounds. There's a couple music rounds. We do everything in between. It could be anything from we've done astronauts and geology and history and television shows. It's everything. It's everything. Um, Come on out, though. That's Wednesdays. Every Wednesday in downtown Sanford at Libations on Chatham. Have yourself a couple beers. Hang out. 
order dinner from the Steel Pig. It'll be delivered to you right there. All you have to do is call your order in. They'll bring it across the street. I might even bring it myself. Oh. I might even bring it myself. There's our first I mean, order. We've had, we've, man, that's <laughs> twice today. Wow. And I think I was the perpetrator both times. So the Masters, we're going to do one little last bit about Patrick Reed and his first major championship. And I don't think that anybody is shocked that Patrick Reed got himself a, ma- a uh, major championship. But I do think that it's surprising that on a leaderboard so chock-packed full of household names, with all of those guys in it, that Patrick Reed was was able to find a way to do it. Now, first of all, I'm going to say that it was Patrick Reed's iron play, which was unbelievable on Saturday, but particularly on Sunday. But what I want to talk about is twofold. We talked about Rory McIlroy playing with the pop collar, which just cracks me up every time I see it. John Ram. John Ram can win a major championship, but he's going to have to buy pants that are about a size and a half bigger. It yeah. cannot be comfortable. John Ram is not a little guy. And he's a big guy, but he's not, you know, big swole. He's just a big, dumpy sort of guy. And it's not an accident. He, I mean, he, I'm, obviously he has somebody that, you know, sponsors that help with clothes and all this. And it's funny because you can see in basketball now, there's a wave with guys wearing some tighter fitted shorts. Joel Berry jumps to mind. Joel Berry's shorts, he's wearing a different cut than a lot of folks. That's a choice thing. There's the kid from Michigan, the freshman at the Zares, wearing the shorts a little bit higher, a little bit tighter. That's his thing. They don't look uncomfortable. John Ram looks like he's about to burst out of his pants every time he bends over to pull a ball out of the hole. And his shirt is schmedium, and he just doesn't have the physique to be rocking that. His so, short, his shorts are going, help me, help Yeah, his pants are screaming. Now, the other thing that I do want to say, and I used to have a very hard time rooting for Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler, to me, appears to be the coolest guy on the PGA Tour beyond any shadow of a doubt. He's the guy I want to go have drinks with. I found it very difficult to root for him, however, until recently because of that stupid flat-billed hat that he would rock. Man, I'm with you. now he's wearing a grown man hat, and it has just a little bit of tilt in the bill, and he looks like a grown man. And Ricky Fowler and myself are probably the most prominent people in the entire world that rock Pumas exclusively. Because anybody that knows me knows I own about 15 (laughs) different pairs of Puma suede in different colors. So Ricky Fowler's my guy, and now he's rocking a grown man's hat, and I love the dude even more. Hey, you know what's funny that people out there can't see is I'm sitting there as you're talking, and Dave is about to die to tell you that he's won this pool, (laughs) uh, the Masters pool. Oh, no, no. We'll get to that in a little bit. (laughs) He's about to die. I think Ricky has toned his whole style down a little bit and i like it better i mean it used to be bright orange everything the flat brim t- cap uh, it was like he was going after the 12 year old skateboarding kid and that yes was well but now was, now it seems like it's kind of a broader perspective well, and his demeanors changed too like oh, yeah. he, it, in years past he was just out there having fun really you know now you could tell that he was this close to this masters it kind of stung right like he's taking it more serious it meant I, it meant a lot to him to birdie 18. 
to, to make Patrick Reed have to par 18, that meant a lot to him. And you could tell afterwards, he's like, I, hey, I'm proud of myself. I made that putt on 18. I, I finished strong. I made him have to play 18. And I just didn't want him you know, to give the tournament to well, him. Well, and Ricky is, Ricky is the guy I think that is the loser in this. Because the talk today is about Patrick Reed and his first major, and it's sort of a redemption story because he's you know he's been this guy that nobody really cared for. Then he was Captain America. Now he's you know into the American consciousness. Now, will people remember who he is five years from now? That depends on where he goes from here. Yeah. Well, you, you know, know what Patrick Reed said on Wednesday. Don't you? What's that? They asked, uh, "Do you you know how, do you think you can win the Masters? Where do you think you'll finish?" He said. Yeah, he said, my goal this year is to win the Grand Slam. He said, and I'm not talking about career Grand Slam. I'm talking about win it this year. And so in order to win the Grand Slam this year, I have to win the Masters. Well, I like that. I like that because anybody that says anything different that's at the top of their their profession is, you know, trying to tell you what you want to hear. I like that he says stuff like that. My thing with Ricky Fowler is you've got all the talk about Patrick Reed right now. Patrick Reed's got the game to be one of the top three or four golfers in the world. I'm telling you, his iron play, I'd like to have you peel it apart at some point in the second hour. But the iron play, every time he needed a shot, he hit some, yeah, it, he it hit was some unbelievable. Great, on seven, on 14, he hit some great iron shots. And, get, and get to him, have missed as many fairways as he did, the difference between he and Rory McIlroy was that he was able to get it up and the iron play was just impeccable. I thought it was really impressive. But then the second story, and in some cases even the first, is Jordan Spieth's charge. Yeah. The fact that he had a chance to make history, but the bottom line is he didn't. Yeah. And what's lost in that is that Ricky Fowler played lights out on Sunday. He had a, he had a slow front nine, and uh, he birdies eight and nine to finish the front nine after really everybody was kind of moving, and he wasn't. But then he he had a great back nine. I think he shot 32 on the back and, and uh, really played exceptional. He made the putts. If anybody made all the putts, it was Ricky Fowler on Sunday. Well, and that's going to be – you know how we make wagers, whether it be in here or on the golf course? Next time we do that, the the loser has to wear a flat build cap for a day. Dude, there done. That's yeah. got to happen. Done. We can do it this time, Brandon, if you like. No, I'm good. I'm good. So what we did – what Dave and I – what Dave and I worked out, you guys aren't aware of this, is that – the loser of the pool that we put together last week has to buy another life insurance policy from Farm Bureau. That sounds good. Like $100,000 in coverage term. <laughs> so I don't know what the results are yet, but somebody, congratulations, you just got yourself another $100,000 in coverage and a monthly premium <laughs> yeah. to go with it. So what, what, what do you got? What, what's the final tally look like? All right, Brandon – Brandon won the life insurance policy. Let me call him. <laughs> oh, dude, I thought I did by far. No, no. You, Hold on. You beat him by $6,000. All right, I got to make a phone call. Hey, Mom. Does he pay Mom, me that? Yeah. Mom, I need you to go ahead and up your coverage. <laughs> so, wait, who did Brandon have? Because I don't know who Chris right, had or Brandon. Brandon, Brandon had Tiger. Hey, let's not, let's not talk about it. Tiger, Roy, <laughs> Sergio, uh, Jason Day. And Fred Couples. So the, the, where where you got him was, was Tiger because I, I didn't. Take yeah, you Tiger. picked Justin Thomas over Tiger, and that's where you got him. Uh, but uh, he did pick Rory over DJ. But the difference between Tiger and Justin Thomas was six thousand dollars more. So that was the difference there. I'll take small bills. When and you then pay me that and six then uh, I, I edged out Chris because I picked Bubba over Sergio, and that was the difference there. Oh. 
Sergio in the 13. It was worth it, though. It was worth it to see him hit five straight into the water. That was That's t- my takeaway from this from this match. And that was a tie for the worst score at Augusta, right? On a single hole, On a yes. single hole, single hole yeah. yes. I mean, that's what people are going to remember from well, well, five years from now. Here's, here's my thing, is that if I knew, and I'm sure that – well, I, I wonder, would his caddy have known what the worst score on a single hole was ever? Nah, I don't I You don't no, think he would have had that it. committed to memory? Yeah, no. I doubt it. See, because if I'd have hit a fifth ball into the water and knew that I had a chance for the all-time lowest, why not go ahead and get in the book? I mean, you're right. <laughs> it shot. might have been his last ball. Go ahead. It might have actually know. been his last what, so ball. So, what's the what's the rule? What happens if you run you're out of done. balls? You're done. You're disqualified. <laughs> that, just if like you, you run out of balls, you can't get more Start balls. Start partying early. You can't guess, stop right? by the clubhouse no, at the you time. Can't get that's what No, it's, it's you Hit only have to play your equipment. Take his club, drop it like he's dropping the mic. You can't get it out of your car. That's exactly what should have gone down. Whatever you start around with. That would have been memorable. Bricky. Ricky hit it out of the park. He should have just hit that last one and dropped his gloves and walked out straight to the beer tent. Walk off. I love it. We'll see you. Thanks for hanging out. If you're on WBCC, follow us to the web. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. You know what really gets a party started? Indoor baseball. Yeah, just find a broom or a pool cue, and you can use, like, anything as a ball. Cans, bottles, shoes. Hey, bro, toss me that avocado. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Underage drinking and driving, the ultimate party foul. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'm Chris DeLambert. I'm Brandon Atkins. I'm Professor Trent Nichols. Coming to you from the cheap seats. So I know this isn't timely. Welcome back. And if you're coming over from WDCC, thank you. WBLZ listeners, you can just rock and roll right on through the whole two hours. We were we were talking during the break, and I know this isn't timely, um, but we're talking about the national championship. And, and there's a couple takeaways from this. First of all, that Villanova – um, joins Kansas with three national championships. And that's really the rarefied error in college mm-hmm. basketball is once you get to that third national championship. But we were talking about Dante DiVincenzo, and the question we have is where does it become not okay to be racist <laughs> against a white kid? Because every time his name was uttered, the announcers followed it up with his athleticism. He's so athletic. <laughs> And yeah, we we get what you're talking about. We get it. He, he this guy, I I want is he from New Hampshire or Connecticut? It's one of those little itty bitty postage stamp size states. Um, but Villanova, my question with Villanova, the, the fact that they won every game in the tournament by double figures, mm. what do they look like moving forward? You know, and it's going to kind of play itself out as as all these guys announce for the draft and and these guys get in there. But my thing is, we're talking about the draft. 
is that Michael Porter from Missouri has announced that he's coming out. The story, though, is that his younger brother, who skipped a year of high school, they they aged him up a year to get him into school to play with Michael, has now announced as well. And he's projected to be a late first round pick, something like that. But I was reading an article, and I want to—I don't want to attribute it right. I think it was on ProBasketballRumors.com. They—they hit that on Michael Porter, and they're like, "Well, yeah, and he's a likely top ten pick." Oh, really? He's a likely top ten pick. This is the kid we've heard was the number one pick in the draft for a year, and now he's a likely top ten pick. I love that these guys can swing and miss, and then just kind of play it off. Would you take? I call him Wagner, but it's not. I can't. The Wagner. 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 Yeah. Would you take Wagner or Porter? Oh, come on, man. I think when, when when you look at the athleticism, I think Wagner's upside at the next level is is restricted at best. Um, I still think that it's it's um, a one-horse race His for the top pick. In His athleticism. <laughs> yeah. I, no, no, no. I, well, I, hold on. I mean, come I mean, on. Dude, no, 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 I have here. to. Wagner is a, Wagner is a, a back-to-the-basket big man first. He does have a little touch from three-point land, but he's just not a volume shooter. So he's not going to help you with spacing. I don't know if his game translates, so I don't know where, where you pull Well, I will Wagner say out, the Devin Chinzo, yes. was that his? When he did the two-hand block, though, <laughs> my brain would not compute. It started to shut down and freak <laughs> Freeze, and I went into like, man, am am I a little racist? Maybe just a little bit. Like, I had to do some soul searching because that two ham block was lit. Well, my my thing to coach Bricky here, put on your coach's hat for a minute. Why haven't we been teaching that for the last forty years? That's become a thing on defense now. Is the volleyball block with both right. hands, and we have never seen it until the last this past year, really. And it's become a thing, and we saw DiVincenzo do it in the in the uh, national championship game. It's a great highlight, but it's become the norm now, or is becoming the norm. How come you didn't think of that? <laughs> really, I did. I was, oh. I was ahead of my time. Oh, here we, here we go. I think I, I guess one of the reasons over the years is coaches teach to wall up now, as they call it. So verticality, and uh, so it's. Now evolved to blocking shots as opposed to taking charges or just trying to keep a guy from scoring. So it's uh, if you go back in my life and look at my Facebook page, I I came up with that about twenty. Where years where, ago. where were you and what were you doing when you came up with that idea? I was at a bar, which is where all my ideas 20, come from. Twenty years ago, before Facebook was around, he had his is that, and he too. diagrammed it on a on a on a cocktail napkin. Is that about the which same? Which is now in the Naismith Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, now is that about the same time you were picking the music for your mixtape? <laughs> we do have to do that for him, Schlep Rock. Remind me, we have to do this. We have to go back and re-edit your mixtape. That music, I you, I know you don't sit around and watch your own mixtape on online. No, that it, was not my doing. I it, can't remember, but is it, it like good. I got the power or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna hook it up, man. We're gonna hook it up because before you know, I I, I wish. I, I know that you wish you'd have gotten into the NBA, too. Correct. I have no doubt of that. But I want one time for you to have been in 
the NBA dunk contest. Could you have won that thing? I'd like to think so. So if At you that had, time. if you had, as a as a 22, 23 year old young man with hops, if you had one dunk to do, what would it have looked like? Oh God! And what kind of props would it have involved? I don't know. Maybe jump on over three or four people. Okay. And at this point, that's played out. But circa, yeah. you know, 1980, yeah, that was, 89. That was live in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, but these guys really have gotten creative. Because I, I thought the dunk contest was dead for a period. Mm-hmm. It was very stagnant. And then last three, four years, these guys have really gotten pretty creative. Well, if they would change the format of it to make sure that they get the premier matchups at the end of it, I think it would be a little bit better. Right now, it, and it's, it doesn't matter because it's a dunk contest. Right. But they've got to they've got to change the format and play with that a little bit. But I I can tell you this that I wish that I'd have known you all those years ago because if you'd have had me to be your choreographer for those dunks, right, man, it'd have been over. Now you you'd, have been, you'd have been the Gatorade spokesperson. There are guys who make a living dunking a basketball mm-hmm. now. That was unheard of thirty years ago. So just I guess the evolution or. Of the game has has changed, so well, it's it's well, interesting. Hey, let me to, for me to demonstrate in the choreography period for these dunks, we'd have been we'd have, we'd have had to have two side by side rims. Mine have been about a seven and a half foot rim, <laughs> <laughs> and I could have just walked across the floor. Chris, you got to use your athleticism. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can see Chris trying to two hand block you, and just imagine oh, how awful that would be. That's my theory. Like, you don't do the two-hand b- block because you're committed. You can go up with one hand and slip out of that poster. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can go up and then just kind of go, Olay, all right, you know. Who was the uh, – what was the worst uh, charge you ever took? Who was the guy that you are like, oh, my God, I'll never step in front of this dude again? Hmm. I don't think I ever had that situation. I, I took charges on guards because they I were small. I bet you didn't take a charge from Jerome Lane. No. But most of the time, I wanted to go to block it. So I was like, meet me at the rim. And I always thought I was going to be better at that. So <laughs> I didn't. So you never I, got I ran had, over. I thought I had good timing. You never so, got ran over like, oh, damn. I got, you know what? Next I time. Got, I'll never forget this. We're playing at Clemson. Billy King pushes me. It was, it was his rotation, but he pushes <laughs> And this guard is coming out in the court, and he's about to try to hammer it. But fortunately, I got far enough out that he couldn't get to the rim, so he couldn't dunk it because he hit me first. I got the charge, but, I mean, he was coming like a freight train. So Billy King human shielded you. Like, is that what you're saying? You're going to have to take that bullet, son. So I, I, that just popped in my head, though. You did play against Jerome Lane when he was at Pitt, did you not? No, we he's actually, oh, they were in the Big East then. Yeah, they? different conference. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but you so you never got a chance to to play against him. No. Did you ever? Did you ever break a backboard at any point in your life? No, my brother did in the okay. dunk contest. Yeah, at my nice. high school. In the dunk contest, <laughs> it was a halftime of an all star game. Oh, <laughs> my brother well, broke the backboard. That all star game was over, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So in the NBA, I know that's happened, and they have to roll the new now, basket out and all that. What did they do in this case? Oh, it was over. It was, <laughs> they, it, you know, you, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. I did play on the junior world team in '88. We had an all-star squad. We played in this remote village in Borneo, Italy, 
and they had glass backboards, and we were smashing them by the day. <laughs> we broke eight glasses. They had to fly new backboards in. I mean, it's. I mean, like you had to helicopter them in. I mean, we're way out in the middle of nowhere, and we broke. Uh, <laughs> They needed a drone delivery yes. of a backboard. Jeff Bezos, yeah. that's where he got the idea from. I love it. So I think in the, the USA team, we broke eight glasses. I think they 14 were broken for the tournament. Oh, my god! I mean, but it was just, I don't know what the material was. It just, I mean, you didn't have to knock it that hard and it would break. Nice. Mm. Nice. Was Given the, the opportunity, was the food good? I'd break a backboard every time I could. <laughs> no. It wasn't? No. Wow. All right, Trent. As we stand today, every team in the NBA has one or two games left, and we know some things for certain. All right, so your number one seed in the East is locked in with Toronto. Mm -hmm. And before we go any farther than that, what do you think the odds are, from a percentage standpoint, that Toronto wins the East as a team that's really kind of run away and hidden with – the best record in the East. What are the odds that they win the NBA East? Is it a 50%, 40%? I think right now you're pushing closer to 70. 70% that Toronto 70? wins it. Mm. Is that your opinion? Between, in my opinion. Well, whose opinion would it be? No, I, I thought well, I didn't look up somebody. No, I didn't. No, I'm not going to quote anybody, but I think the odds are in their favor. Okay. Bricky, what do you got? No, I'll give him 20%. 20% chance. Brandon. Of coming out of the East? Yeah. 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 The, the, uh, the, the percentage chance of Toronto winning the East. My answer would have been a lot different about three weeks ago. I think because the 76ers haven't lost in the last 14 games, I give them a – Go ahead. I give them about a 20% chance. I'm, I'm that high on either the Cavs or the Sixers. You're that high on the Cavs? Yeah. Wow. Dude, the only thing that can stop the Sixers right now from coming out of the East is their youth. Like, they haven't been there. I think that another thing that gives the Cavs a good chance of coming out of the East because LeBron's been there, done this. Right. Okay. Kaplan, what is the odds that Toronto wins the U.S. Open? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Who, uh, who was, uh, was going to win everything? Who was it that uh, – oh, ESPN. Oh, oh, Oklahoma State's going to win the U.S. Open. Oklahoma oh, yeah. State is going to win the U.S. Open. That's right. I love it. Sorry. All right. And, and uh, what's his name? Trey, uh, Trey, Trey Young. Young. Yeah, Trey Young. Yeah, Trey Young is going to be the uh, series. And, and I think they're going to the win the East. I think Oklahoma State and Trey Young are going to win the East. I like that. I like that. Uh, Oklahoma now, State. I would give the- Toronto 30% chance. I would give the Sixers a 30% chance and the Cavs a 30% chance and Boston a 10% chance. All right. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say I put the chances for Toronto, and I want you guys to critique this. I'm going to say that Toronto has a 40% chance of winning the East. I'm going to put – no, I'm going to take that. I'm a 30. Let's go 30. i gotta, I got to mathematize this. So 30% for Toronto. I'm going to go with 50% Philly. Philly. Yeah. I'm going to go 15% Cleveland. And my 5% chance to win the East, Milwaukee. Mm. I think Milwaukee's got a chance to shock the world if they can get back healthy and get it together. I really like what they can do athletically. Their athleticism. Their athleticism. It's off the charts. 
And they're a very articulate team Word as well. Day. So they've got yeah. that blend of articula- articulation and athleticism. It's it's hard to deal with. But that's what I'm going to say. So I I, I want to make sure we're clear on this. I say Toronto a 30% chance, Philly 50, Cleveland 15, and I'm giving Milwaukee a 1 in 20 shot to win the East. I want you guys to marinate on that as we go back. We're going to hit that on the other side. We're also going to roll out each of our individual all-time five favorite NBA players. So stay tuned. we got about half an hour, 45 minutes. I don't even know. I've lost track. We'll see you on the other side. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hey Clarice, can we please put on the new Justin Bieber album? Hold on, Dad will be mad if we don't listen to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. we got 45 minutes to go, a lot of ground to cover. I said before the break that I think Philly is a 50-50 chance to win the East. I'm going to stand by that. In fact, just to make it a little bit more interesting, I'm going to call it 51%. Okay, so they're They're, they're to me, the most likely champ in the East at this point. With Toronto at a 30% chance. And I think we're going to know two games into the first round series whether or not Toronto's legit or not. Officially, Philly is going to be one and done because Crystal Lambert just jinxed you, man. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey well, wait a minute now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Come on now. The only sport where I've been completely shot out has been college basketball. And I still stand by my picks because in the most crazy of bracket years, Mine were the most reflective of what should have happened, and it had been like, oh, yeah, it was just chalk. Is that fair? Well, Can I do that? Can I get away with it? Everybody because of your picks, we it. lost nine T-shirts. <laughs> okay. So have you figured out who the nine recipients are? I only have three out of the nine. Oh, well, no, I know. Come on. I know uh, a couple, actually. So the winner of our bracket challenge has been filling out brackets since before I was alive. Big props to my mom. No way! Your mom won our bracket. Second place, a bracket called I'm Not Very Confident. Huge props to my 16-year-old daughter. Nice! This this is starting to sound set up. Number five. <laughs> you, you filled out your own bracket. I mean, good God. Number five, got you guessing. The person that owned, the only person to pick Kansas, got you guessing. Big props to my wife. Dude. Three people in my family, right there. And where are the, where are you? I'm number. I'm the best one out of us. Number ten. <laughs> so so wow. in the top ten, we got four out of ten. Oh my, my gosh. mom! Your mom. As long as I can remember, her brackets have never even come close. And this year, the golden year. That is awesome. Now is she going to take advantage of our offer to come on the air and? Absolutely. Nice. She'll take some uh, five minutes of smack talk. Okay. We can she do actually it. graduated high school with uh, Sister Jean. 
No. <laughs> I'm just joking. She's not that old. Well. So what's your mom's name? Jan Nichols. Jan Nichols. Yes. Jan, Jan. congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. I didn't. I really had no idea. That's unbelievable. And we will get her on the air. And she owes us at least one anecdote about you oh, that sure we can use against one. you a, in perpetuity. Yeah. All right. So we will get those out. If you put a na- if you put a bracket in and didn't give us your name with the bracket, you need to hit us up on Facebook or send us an email at cheapseatradio at gmail.com. That's cheap seat. That's singular. Cheap seat radio at gmail.com. So we can get you what we owe you. Um, and it actually saved us a t-shirt or two because I'm sure that your wife already has one. But we'll get her another one. And my daughter. I can hear See, her going, Trent was an amazing bedwetter. <laughs> and then he outgrew it around 17. It's I was so, really proud. It's well, so good to see that Trent has overcome his issues as a child. <laughs> Yes, I, I did. I was a bedwetter. See? There and we a go. Thumb sucker. So. Oh God! Oh, I was just too lazy time. to get up. Huh? Not at the same time. Well, sometimes I Trent. After Trent. I wet the bed, I suck my thumb no, in fear God. of getting. Trent, warped. turn your mic off. Yeah. Turn your mic off now. I'm trying to save you. <laughs> all right, so guys, all right, Bricky. Yes. I just made. I, I'm out there, and I think it's it's silly at this point to say, well, we're going this way, that way. If I had to pick one team out of the East, it's Philly. And, and that boggles my mind, given where they were six months ago. And I'm going to tell you what, Philly fan, I'm on board with you. I'm on the bandwagon. But if I have to hear trust the process one more time, I'm going to punch somebody in the throat. Shut up. They're going to change it. It is not the process. This the is the process. Same, yeah, this is the same process that produced Jaleel Okafor and a lot of burnt picks. So don't tell me about trust right. the process. This was a foregone conclusion. You guys have been horrible for a whole lot longer than you needed to be if you had gotten this right. So shut up with the trust the process. It has finally – you have finally gotten lucky. And I am hoping – that Embiid stays healthy and that the playoffs play into the fact that he can't play these back-to-backs, I really want to see Philly do this. I'm excited about it. I think uh, their first pick of last year's draft will cost them the Eastern Conference Finals. You think Toronto. he's going to have a collision with Ben Simmons? <laughs> kill them all. <laughs> the curse of the Falk is going to kill Man, oh man, oh man. So By what do way, you think? What, 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 how are you feeling about that? 50% Philly, 30% Toronto, 15% Cleveland, and 5% Milwaukee. I'm taking the field. Oh, you're <coughs> taking Philly, the field against those four teams. Wait a minute. So you're taking Indiana, Miami, Milwaukee. No, no, I've got Milwaukee okay, at five percent. Washington, Boston, Boston, Washington or Boston. Yep. So and you say that one of those four no, teams. No. I'm saying. Oh, you, anybody Cleveland, but Cleveland or Toronto. Or Toronto will not win. So I'll take anybody other than that. You got to make a note of that. All right. Okay. So you're saying it won't be Cleveland, won't be Toronto, well, and that's all you know. Won't be Cleveland, won't be Toronto, won't be Philly. Oh, so oh, you're taking those you five teams against. Philly, Cleveland, Toronto. Yep. Now, if you had to choose one, where would you be leaning here? Because obviously it's going to be somebody that shocks the world. Milwaukee. Oh, shoot. Robert, are you still reeling from when Billy King pushed you in the back? (laughs) (laughs) Brandon, where are you at with this? Who's coming out of the East? Yeah. If I had to pick right here and now, I'd go with Philly. And Ben Simmons is the rookie of the year. After the last two or three weeks, he is absolutely Killing it. Like, I still say Donovan Mitchell should be the rookie of the year. And that's not taking anything away from the great year that Ben Simmons has put up. 
I'd, I'd take Donovan Mitchell in a vacuum, but it's hard to argue with that. And when you look at you know market size and the press and all that, it ends up happening. I mean, we see with Rookie of the Year voting in particular, even more so than MVP voting across the spectrum of sports, a lot of times those smaller market guys get left out of the equation. And Utah, to be perfectly frank, is the one team people have forgotten about over in the West. And they're one of four teams that have clinched a That's playoff spot. what I'm saying is that – is that we've in got the West. we've got the West. Let's finish up here because the ADD is starting to kick in. But squirrel, you're right. So Trent, I want mm-hmm. your final thoughts on what I'm saying. Fifty percent Philly, thirty percent Toronto, fifteen Cleveland, five Milwaukee. What do you got? So I think you're right. I think we'll know within two games what Toronto is truly made of. I'm not, I'm saying it's going to be a Philly Toronto Eastern Conference Finals, but I think this is it. Toronto's getting over the hump, like. The Pistons before them, like the Bulls before them, this is it. Toronto. Now, going if to Toronto win gets out of the East, what is this most similar to in NBA history in terms of a team getting into the finals? Because I can't think of a team less hyped ahead of time making it to the finals than Toronto. They they sort of operate up there in anonymity. Nobody knows what's going on up there. Most of America could tell you, well, yeah, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, and it doesn't go any farther than that. Well, maybe, maybe, I don't know, and this might be a stretch, but maybe the Philadelphia days with the Allen Iverson where he was really the only guy That's besides a good one. Matumbo at the end of his career because you had Snow, you had That's uh, a good one. Matumbo, I like that. McKee. You had all these workhorses surrounded by AI. And I think that, you know, Philly was a team that was fun to watch, but I don't think anybody was expecting them to get to the final. So that's a good one. Brandy, you got anybody jumping into your head? Not really. I was going to say the Pacers at one point in time, but that's just because they weren't sexy outside but of the Reggie Pacers, Miller. The Pacers never got to the promised land, yeah. though. That's my, that's my thing with yeah, that. Yeah, they lost to the Knicks. That's the same thing. I think the Pacers, the year the Philly went, were the team to beat because, yeah. you know, the Jordan era was over so, for a minute. So in recent history, this would be kind of unprecedented. I'm actually looking back maybe to Orlando because although it's easy to look back now and say, well, Shaq and Penny going into it, I don't know that it, there was the there yeah, was an expectation youngsters. like this. I don't know. Um, and didn't they get – they lose 4-1 to the Lakers? That would happen. No, Houston. They lost to Houston, didn't they? I think you're correct, sir. I know. So – yeah, Toronto's now, sort of in uncharted the territory. The question is, would anybody watch a finals with Toronto, Toronto. in it? Well, that's now, the worst the NBA scenario. Would hate that. Well, in the NBA, the the NBA and the networks, it would be a good lesson for them because I'm going to tell you right now, had people been watching Toronto all year and been familiar with DeMar DeRozan, who's the best player in the NBA that nobody's heard of, him and Antetokounmpo, and I think Giannis, Giannis, his his – uh, reputation is starting to outgrow the small market where people are like, oh, yeah, yeah. But DeRozan, DeRozan's nasty. Right. And he's been up there for a while and and doing his thing. The problem is they have fallen flat in the playoffs, particularly when Cleveland rolls around, and they just haven't been able to get by. ESPN, you and I without are same, Kyrie Irving, ESPN wants Philly or Cleveland. And, right. and I'm here to tell you, if they get a chance to showcase Giannis – and he plays at maximum capability to a national audience, that will be transformational. Yep. And Giannis will be the superstar next year. Next year. Yep. He'll well, be I mean, in that top three or don't four. Don't you favor the Bucks over the 
the Celtics right now uh, with yeah. Kyrie? Absolutely. 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 Without a doubt. Absolutely. You take Haywood away from that, you got Kyrie out. Jalen Brown really isn't back yet. I don't know where it's going to come from. I think the Celtics could pull off one or two wins, but I they're one and done. There's, I mean, there's only so much magic you can do. You can't have guys that were working in retail and it deep into the G League and come in and compete. I'm sorry, Brad is a great coach, but well, and the other piece too is before the season, everybody the the same refrain was heard everywhere. Well, the West is so much better than the East. The West is so much better than the East. Is it really? I mean, when you look at the top of the West, I don't think it's there's any dispute that Houston, Golden State are at the top of that. But with the way the Spurs have struggled this year, I don't know that if you take Portland, I don't know that Portland runs away and hides in the in the East. You know, are they a two three? Is two seed, three seed, four seed? Maybe they're the one, but it's not that you remember it hadn't been that long ago. People were calling for well, they ought to reseed the playoffs and and ignore the the. Um, the, the conferences and just seed it based on the best 16 records. Well, it's going to look an awful lot like it does right now. Well, based on the records right now, Portland out. would be the five seed. There you right go. Right there, neck and neck with Indiana. That said, though, just to keep it in context, they're playing a Western Conference yeah. record. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. But when you look at them on the floor and in the eye test, which is really all you have to do, is Portland, I think, is probably a two or three seed in the East right now. So I think that Toronto. Their body of work this year has been better than Portland. So we'll see, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. we got half an hour to go. Thanks for hanging out from the Cheap Seats. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, and of course, companionship. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. Fantastic cat. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit theshelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. You may not like your seats, but you'll love the show. All right, welcome back. we got one half hour to go. Two segments here. We're uh, in the midst of all of us kind of agreeing on the East that Toronto is the big question mark coming into these playoffs. Milwaukee seems to be the consensus as a team that might come out of nowhere and do this. Um, the West, we had this all figured out. There was no reason to even play the the regular season. Golden State was going to walk through the West. Golden State was going to blow out their Eastern Conference opponent and win another title. And Kevin Durant 
was going to sign, you know, for another below market deal and they were going to keep this whole thing intact and win another three or four championships and nobody was ever going to get any love because Durant was a sellout, took the easy road and joined a championship team. And none of that <coughs> is any kind of certain right now. Well, they've just been banged up. Well, they have. And that's the thing that I can't believe that nobody took into account as we went into the season. And I'm not it's not an indictment of of any of us here. But injuries always play a factor. And in most cases, in most professional sports in America, you not only have to be good, you have to be lucky. And Golden State is good, and Golden State could get lucky, but they're not good enough to overcome major injuries and get through this. And why anybody's surprised that Steph Curry's banged up again is beyond me. Because when they re-signed him a few years ago, that was the take they weren't the Golden State Warriors at that point. They were a, all right, that's a nice little team you got there. They're staking their future to this kid. and eh, It's nice, but he's undersized. Almost the same conversation that was had in Boston with Isaiah Thomas. Do you really want to stake your future to an undersized guy? Can Boy, you do this? Now, that's, a, that's an extreme. But the problem with Steph Curry up to that point is he couldn't stay healthy. And then you take Kevin Durant, who is, is perpetually nicked up, and – They've had injuries with both of them. Curry right now, Clay Thompson has struggled to stay healthy. And in the interim, with a gimpy Chris Paul, Houston has run away and hidden. Well, and, and guess it, if the playoffs started right now, guess who they would get in the first round? Oh, I know exactly who they'd get. OKC. That's right. And that's not anybody they want to run into after, like, you know, coming in second oh, no. in the West. They're praying that the Spurs drop down to that spot. Yes, this, I mean, Golden State right now is kind of like back in 97 when the Seattle Supersonics were, they took it easy during the uh, the regular season. They were going to meet the Bulls and Michael Jordan. And what and happened in round Utah one? Utah Jazz came up and ended up winning. Yes. And that's what I'm thinking. Golden State, Oklahoma City. Well, Give me the odds, baby. I'll take oh, OKC. Th- now, as much as the NBA wouldn't want Toronto in the finals because of what it would do for ratings, they want this first-round matchup with Golden State and OKC so bad they can't stand it. Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant going head up, that will be the storyline. That's the matchup they want. Well, that will carry the well, first round Well, after of the this weekend, even Houston versus OKC will be a battle and i saw you know what i watched the end of that game james harden looked like he did last year in the playoffs he gave up he was whining he couldn't do nothing and wrestle was uh westbrook (laughs) yeah that guy westbrook (laughs) made him look stupid seriously that was a sergio right there i think he gacked that five times in a row before he finally did it yeah he was in the water a few times but hey you know russell westbrook's gotten zero talk for the mvp and it's not likely to happen, but there's two games left. If he were to average 17 rebounds per game, he'd average a triple-double on the year. For the, for the second, second straight, straight year. year. Again. Yep. Which would be crazy, and he's not even really getting a mention. Um, no, he's not. It's It's been a, a two-horse race with Harden and with LeBron. But when you look from a numbers standpoint, I mean, what, Resp- what Westbrook is – see, you've got me doing it now. What Westbrook <laughs> is doing – is just next level. It really is. He's the only two players have ever averaged triple double. He and Oscar Robertson and Westbrook. 
you know, we we see this with Ben Simmons, and I'm like, well, Ben Simmons is a triple double machine. So what? Well, and who's gonna guard Westbrook in that matchup? That's because you can pretty much take a lot of their offense away because they're gonna be worn out chasing him down. I'm, I'm curious to see who they'll put on him. It, and it's the question is going to be whether Paul George. Carmelo Anthony and Steven Adams can stack up against the rest of the of the Rockets. It, it's going to be a compelling series, but that's not the premium matchup. All three had over twenty four points last game against Houston. But yeah, but that's been the problem: is some days they show up and some days they don't. When you take Golden State, match them up with OKC, you get Paul George on Durant all night. We're just going to have to wait and see. And, and it will short itself out in the next couple of days, but I'm, I'm assuring you that the NBA and the ESPN are pining to well, have that first-round matchup because of all of the matchups. You've got some good ones in there, but there's not necessarily marquee teams involved. Russell Westbrook against Kevin Durant in round one, it can't get any better. Well, if that. OKC moves up a spot, then that'd be against the Trailblazers, which would still be a good matchup, matchup-wise. But right now, the – the Blazers have San Antonio. They're like, please, let's go ahead and start this thing because <laughs> the Spurs have been on a slide. They've worn out. They just—they're doing it with you know duct tape right now. So we will, as the as the off season unfolds, a couple months from now, we will give you a peek at the storyline. There's two major deals that seem to be inevitable, and one is LeBron and wherever his next stop is whether this is a straight free agent deal or signed and trade, Philly's looking like a, a possible landing spot. But now with Kawhi Leonard, the house money seems to be trending toward Kawhi to Cleveland of all places. The math works out that there is a deal, if it involves Tristan Thompson, where Kawhi could possibly come to Cleveland and be married up with LeBron. That's an interesting situation. I'm not ready to jump on that, though, because I think when it's all said and done, the Spurs get it right. And I I know that people are saying there's a lot of animosity, a lot of tension between Kawhi and the, and the organization with regard to this injury, but I'm not going to believe that they let Kawhi get away in the prime of his career until yep. I see that happen because San Antonio, for the lack of a better word, it's just not the San Antonio way. Well, and LeBron was pretty slick. It was borderline tampering. He, like, went on Twitter – and said, told uh, told him to take his time and get healthy. Like, I mean, it's kind of yeah. like, yeah. he was like, hey, just take your time. You don't want to rush an injury like that. And that was read between the lines. Please come join me here. And is that what it was? I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know that. Well, if San Antonio all wants him, all they have to say is, okay, here's your $220 million contract. How well, is he going to pass well, that up? And now that's, that's super the thing with Kawhi deal. now. But that's the thing with Kawhi. Is Kawhi is a guy – that has never been – he's not out there trying to do the endorsements. He's, by all accounts, not a money-motivated guy. And when you're talking about a max deal, whether it's your own team where they can pay you 20% more or it's just the standard max deal, he's got grandkid money at that point. I mean, if he's got a guy like Brick in his corner, I mean, he's set forever. And and you're just really talking about, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So I'm not sure that money is going to be the root of this. There, if there is animosity, things get personal, man. If Popovich is around, I'd be like, Psh, "All right, see so you, Kawhi." When does San Antonio begin to rebuild? Because 
Parker, Ginobili, uh, they're, they're aged out. They're okay. Old. Yep. So at some point you've got to rebuild the process. And so uh, what's the big kid's name in the middle? Lamarcus Aldridge. Aldridge. He's getting old. But now nah, Aldridge. Aldridge is a young. Aldridge is what is he? T- look that no, up. No, he's in his thirties. No, he came out as a freshman out of Texas. I'm gonna say I'm gonna guess 29. But while we're talking about that, they tried last year. They had Aldridge. They had Leonard. They made a run at Kyle Lowry. Lowry would have been that third piece to come in there. He decided, I'm going to stay in Toronto. I'm going to stay here. Me and DeMar, we're going to do our thing. He had talked DeMar DeRozan into staying and didn't feel like, well, I talked you into staying. I can't bounce on you now. 32. He is. I I stand corrected. 32? Come on, man. He's a big He's that's high miles on those legs. He came out as a freshman. So (laughs) he's an older 32-year-old. So How does that feel to call somebody 32-old, right? (laughs) Um, so let's assume because they just re-signed LaMarcus Aldridge this past offseason so he's there indefinitely and he's on a big contract so he's going to be difficult to move they can get Kawhi signed and with Parker and Ginobili Parker in particular is on a big deal Parker coming off the books they've got some space to go out and do some things Right. Rudy Gay kind of disappeared this year and hasn't been a contributor really Patty Mills is hard to watch Patty Mills (laughs) They it's owe they owe Kawhi twenty million dollars next year. Gotcha. You trade him, maybe Cleveland gives them that Brooklyn pick, and they have the rebuild. I mean, absolutely, you're going to get a ton of value and, for and, Kawhi. And if you cleared that twenty million off the books, is it does it really mean anything? Because it, oh great, you get a chance to go sign Paul George. You well, got, no, but not even do. to do that. But it's just the draft picks. It's not even clearing the you. twenty million. It's getting all the talent in to start rebuilding. I hear you, and, and, and it'll be a good draft this year. Yeah. So you add the draft pick, then you have money to go out and get you a free agent. So now you can look significantly different come the fall, as opposed to trying to keep Kawhi around and. I just don't think they have the pieces anymore. I mean, they Paul, gotta they gotta I, get rid of some of those. I don't know if old I'm guys. trying to build a team. If I've got one piece to have in place, Kawhi's near the top of the list. I but, agree. So but it seems after like, he's doing this to you though all year, but what has he really done? And that's the that's the question. Is that yes? Tony Parker's come out and bumped his gums a little bit. Tony Parker's in full on desperation mode. This is his last chance to make a run at a championship. He's not going to be back in San Antonio or any place else. And Tony Parker. He gets no credibility from me. I've said this before. Why does he get no credibility? Because he's the guy that dumped Eva Longoria. <laughs> yeah. So he gets no credibility. I, I don't care what Tony Parker it. has well, to say. And you got if you can get Paul Gasol off the books, that's sixteen million. Have you seen him play lately? Oh, he's, he's, he's like he's horrible. About two weeks away from being, you know, in a walker. And so, San Antonio always finds a way to manage it. So the only person that's come out and really been nasty about Kawhi has been Tony Parker. Pop is not making these statements. These these people are attributing what's going on in Popovich's head, but it seems pretty clear cut. The story is what it is. The Spurs doctor said, ah, he's good to come back. But his I'll, physician said he's not good to come back. The last time that he was told he was good to come back, he was back on the bench four or five games later. There's a history of stuff coming from Pop, the through Parker and Ginobili. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's a long history of that. So I'm thinking it's coming from Pop. Otherwise, he would have already squashed it. Openly. Okay, but, so, but let's ask let's ask this question too, though. This time last year, 
it was a foregone conclusion that Marcus Aldridge was persona non grata and was going to be out of San Antonio because he and Pops, their relationship was broken. <laughs> Offseason comes, he signs an extension, he's there, he's the center of the offense. So I, I don't – this is not – the Cleveland front office from a couple years ago. This is not the L.A. front office currently. This is not Charlotte where it's a train wreck up there. This is the team that gets this right. They don't swing and miss on these vet deals. They don't swing and miss in the draft. This is a team that gets it right, and I'm just not going to believe that they're going to be forced into trading one of the best five or six players in the NBA, even if it is for the Brooklyn pick, which is not what the Brooklyn pick used to be. I mean, it was, oh, that's going to be the top pick in the draft. I'm just not convinced that they're going to have their hand forced and blow this until I see it happen. So my assumption is Kawhi is going to be back next year on a max deal with San Antonio. They're going to build this franchise around him and right off into the Yeah, sunset. but you can do that when you have Robinson and a Tim Duncan that will take less money. I don't think Kawhi is going to do that. So and I don't blame them either. They're not going to win this year. So we think Philly's there. Who's coming out of the West? Who's coming out of the West? Houston. Houston. We got 15 minutes left, and you guys can argue with me about why Houston's not coming out of the West. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats from Sanford, North Carolina. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. My name is Forrest, Forrest Gump. My mom always told me, you don't have to sit down close to see the action. Sometimes it's better from the cheap seats. And that's all I gotta say about that. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. All right, final segment. Remember, April 28th, 10 a.m. at the Bobby Hale Center in Sanford. Go over to our Facebook page and get all the forms, documentation, information you need. We'll be playing dodgeball. It's going to be a lot of fun. As always, on Wednesday, I'll be at Libations in downtown Sanford hosting trivia. Come on out. We go from 6 to 8. Now, Houston is who I've got in the West, but I want OKC to get to the finals so bad I can't stand it. That's the God's honest truth. Now, here's my thing with Houston, and I'll give you guys a couple minutes, and then we've got a, a special thing we want to roll out. But Houston, here's my thing. James Harden last year had a complete, total, utter meltdown in the playoffs. That, at this point right now, is what defines his career. He knows that better than anybody. If that is not enough to motivate him to play his absolute best basketball when crunch time rolls around this year, nothing is. So if Houston has a shot, They've got this thing cobbled together money-wise with chicken wire and bubble gum right now. Capella can't stick around forever. Chris Paul is actually quasi-healthy. This is Houston's best chance to win with this team, period. If it doesn't happen now, it's not going to happen. So, I'm going to go with Houston until I don't. Hmm. Brick, who you got coming out of the West? I hate to say it, but Golden State – Fair enough. I, I just think they'll be healthy, and I they've got too much. And so you think I, I would I like your Houston pick? I just don't think Chris Paul is going to stay healthy. 
I think that's that the playoffs. I think the playoffs play into that because we're going to see with Embiid and Paul the same thing. You don't get the back to backs and Curry. You stretch this thing out, but Curry, they've said, is going to miss the first round, and it may be that the stiffest test that Golden State gets is in round one if they draw OKC mm-hmm. because that's just a wild matchup for them. So we'll see over the next day or two as these as these series unfold. But I want to see OKC and Golden State in round one. Even if it means OKC getting past Golden State is tainted, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm on the Russell Westbrook team. Brandon Atkins, who's coming out of the West, brother? Mm. I tell you what, it's hard to go against the Rockets um, right now. I think Golden State, if they get healthy, is a big if. Like, I mean, they haven't proven that they can be healthy at the same time all year long. Yep. My heart wants to pick the Blazers. But, wow. Um, yeah, I think okay. the Blazers. Okay. Why? Why do you? Why? Because they're fearless. They're fearless. They they don't know. I'm stealing your thunder, Trent. Yeah, I took them two weeks ago, too. Uh, yeah, I did, too. I went on the record picking the Blazers. So I'm probably going to – I feel like I'm making the wrong call, but I'm going to pick the, the Blazers. Cap? I'm going to stick with Houston. I picked them a couple weeks ago. But I'll tell you what, uh, Minnesota – has a better record in conference and in the division than Oklahoma City. You know, they're only a game back. You could get your matchup in round one with Houston playing Oklahoma City. We'll see. The thing with Minnesota is the whole Jimmy Butler thing. Well, they could – I mean, the Nuggets are tied with them. Minnesota could miss the playoffs for the 14th year in a row. Yeah. See, my whole thing is Harden is like Lowry. I think he has a lot of mental things to overcome in the playoffs. When push comes to shove, I think he fails. I think OKC is going to knock out one of those two teams, which leads to an OKC-Portland Western Conference Finals, and Portland will be battling it out with uh, Toronto. (laughs) All right, so we'll get deeper into this as the next week unfolds and these series open up. But I'm excited about it, and I'm not going to lie. I have watched a whole lot less NBA basketball over the course of the last three or four weeks than I did early on in the season because it was kind of a foregone conclusion, especially at the top of each conference, who the top three and four seeds was going to be. So it's sort of anticlimactic as you come down the stretch, guys start resting and all the rest of that. And there really haven't been any compelling races to get into that seventh or eighth seed. So I think it kind of is what it is. But now it's game on. And I love the fact that Golden State is not the odds-on favorite anymore, which may play to everybody else's disadvantage. You may have Golden State sitting back saying, "Really? Watch this." Well, the good and thing turn is the good thing is, is Golden State was twelve and zero in the playoffs last year, all the way through the West Conference. Um, Cleveland lost one game, so now you're going to see more parity. It's going to be more interesting. I think so too. I mean, in the in the East last year, you look at it, it was a two horse race the entire year, you know, and it was it was inevitable that Cleveland and, and Boston were going to get into the into the uh, Eastern Conference Finals against. And it wasn't really a whole lot different out west. I mean, you, you had to know going in that it was going to be San Antonio or Golden State. Houston was sort of an outlier. They were one-man gang. They've transformed that. Parity's good for the NBA. And when, I don't even know that parity is correct because you definitely have the haves and have-nots. But that upper crust of the top eight or ten teams – really are going to make it interesting. And I do stand by my statement. There's two guys, folks at home, I want you to watch for in these playoffs that we haven't talked about yet. And that's Victor Oladipo in Indiana. 
who is a monster, who kind of came out of nowhere. And if you recall, when we analyzed, I just keep doing this all day today. I said this Paul George deal was not as bad as people thought. Victor Oladipo was going to the right system, had a chance to reset his career. That has happened, and he is the truth. Him paired up with Miles Turner there in Indiana is a nice matchup. And if and Donovan Mitchell, I hope he goes off and shows what he can do in the first round because I think that that will temper some people's support for Ben Simmons for Rookie of the Year. And they may still decide Ben Simmons is the guy. But you're talking about folks that are saying, well, Ben Simmons is a runaway who couldn't pick Donovan Mitchell out of a lineup. And I think that he's been done in injustice. Now, we're looking, and this is going to end up stretching into next week because we're going to run out of time. But we decided to put together lists of our favorite NBA players of all time. And I don't want you to roll your whole list out, Brandon, but I want you to throw us one name <laughs> off your list. This is not the best. This is your favorite of favorite. all time. Gary Payton. Nice. I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. The glove. I'll tell you one real quick reason, Ra, because I don't want to run out of time, but the Bulls went up 3-0 on them when they put faced in the finals. They switched Peyton on to Jordan, and he had back-to-back like 5 out of 19 for shooting, 6 out of 19 for shooting. If they had done that a little earlier, you might have had a different result in that series. He was that good and fearless, and I'm a trash talker. You'll you'll see a theme in my list. There's a lot of trash talkers on here. <laughs> so nice. is he number five, or is he your favorite? Uh, these are in yeah, no, no order. particular order. No I, think. Order. I, I, I would I would really struggle, and it would change from minute to minute if I did mine. Give me one name off your list, Cap. I like Muggsy Bogues. He's one NBA player I'm taller than. Muggsy, did anybody else have Muggsy Bogues on their list? No, no. no. All right. I tell you what, we're going to transition right out of that because I want to spend more time on that next week. But since you just hit on Charlotte, Mitch Kupchak has been has been hired to be the new president and general manager of the Charlotte Hornets. This is a horrible hire. Horrible. He ran the Lakers. He picked up from Jerry West when Jerry West went to Memphis and ran the Lakers from 2000 to 2017. In 17 years, Kaplan, how many All-Stars did Mitch Kupchak draft? Draft? Yeah. I'm going to say none. One. One. All right. Got one. one. We're going Andrew with one. Bynum went to the All-Star oh, game okay. one time. Bynum. Yeah. But when you look at his body of work in L.A., it was Kobe. Kobe. Kobe and more Kobe who he did not draft. The deals that he was able to make to keep the Lakers cobbled together with enough talent to get Kobe his championships all had to do with the fact that he was in the premium market in the NBA. Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Ron Artest at the end of his career, those type guys, and one unbelievably lopsided trade that would never happen again, and that was when he traded for Pau Gasol. Mitch Kupchak hasn't done anything that makes me feel like he's a good fit for the Charlotte Hornets other than the fact that he would take the job and has experience. Well, I mean, how many, you know, all-stars or pro bowlers has New England drafted? Because my thing, my thinking is they didn't – they're not going to have a top pick, right, in the draft because they're always good over those years. 
So, I mean, isn't it kind of the same? Would it, you know, them drafting the only one all-star when you can basically ship any any player that you want because they want to play in L.A.? Okay, so you're defending the hire. You think it's not a bad hire. I don't know that it's good or bad, but the logic behind, you know, the just one all-star, how many opportunities do you, are you going to have with the Lakers? You know, to- 17 years worth. I, I mean, I look at it. Bricky, what do you think of the hire? Is Kobe going to come out of retirement and play for the? Well, the and I Hornets? think that's I mean, the Shaq point. Gonna he's, come not, he's not going to play for him, so it's going to be a different setup. Here's so. the issue: you, there's no free agents lining up to sign in Charlotte, so you don't have the pull of the premier city in the league behind you. So you you got to win through the draft. And you got to win through free agency. And I don't see it happening in free agency. Well, and it's not just that, but you look at what the Charlotte Hornets are saddled with right now in terms of bad deals. That Nicholas Batum contract is an albatross hanging around their neck. Right. The only really movable parts they have right now are Lamb, Kimba Walker, and Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard is probably more valuable to the Hornets in the short term on their roster than what they can get in return for what is a bad contract but not a horrible contract that they traded for. I'm telling you right now, if Kimba Walker is traded away from the Hornets, you're going to see a mass exodus of season ticket holders and fans away from that franchise unlike we've seen. Chris, trust the yes. process. Trust the process. They didn't tank. That's I the think, problem. I think it was a great I think it's a great thing for the Hornets. I think this was the right move, getting the guy with the knowledge and the experience unlike they've ever had before. And I think you'll see when they go down to get their talent as they get worse and they climb back up. I think this is a good move. I think Kupchak was the right how, man for the job. I think it, it takes a lot of pressure off of Michael Jordan and all the other people that have made horrible decisions. And he will be able to take control and bring the guys in that they need. So the last winning. time the Hornets were good, how did it happen? It happened in a draft. Yes. And he has drafted one all-star in but okay. 17 years. Same, with, same yeah, with the New England Patriots, like he said. How many times in 17 years did the Lakers miss the playoffs? The two times they didn't make the playoffs, look at their draft pick. They got ball, and they've, they've got good pieces in L.A. All right, you guys think Cupchak's Pick 30th. Hornets won't pick 30th. All right, here we go. Thanks for hanging out. Check us out on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. We'll see you next week. We're out. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Adkins on From the Cheap Seats, a production of Cheap Seats Radio.